All right, ladies, let's go ahead and get started. It's a little after one. I do see some more people coming in. I know yesterday some of us didn't couldn't make it back at one, so we may have a few more joining us here in just a bit. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kathy Petrillo. I'm a member here at Bear Valley and have been for 37 years. I was pregnant with our second child when we moved here, so that's the only way I can remember how long I've been here. And that's the way I remember how old some of my visual aids are, I, 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 you know, the age of my child when it happened. Um, but I've been teaching, I taught my first Bible class when I was 17 years old. I begged and begged and begged the elders to let me do it, and they finally did. And one of our elders' wives sat in the back of the class while I taught 15 or 20 fifth graders. It seemed like most of them were boys. I think it was awful because I basically read from the material. I read the Bible story from the book I was given, and then we filled out a workshop. It was just awful. But the kids sat there very quietly. They were so well-behaved. It's probably the elder's wife in the back. <laughs> she was their teacher. But that was my first feeble attempt at teaching, and I, you know, what's the word? Stumbled through, well, stumbled first. A lot of stumbling first, stumbled through. But I knew I wanted to teach, and I, I loved the Bible, I loved children, and um, I just always felt like I'd enjoy teaching. So I just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept praying and kept studying and stumbling and figuring things out. And so here I am today, able to share with others the, the successes and, and maybe some of the failures too, which we've all had. Um, in only 45 minutes, there's no way you can do everything you know, about teaching children. Last year, Lisa Ripperton did a session for preschool, then I did one for uh, elementary. So this is basically what I didn't get to last year that I thought I would get to. <laughs> so, but this is what we're going to go over this year, and hopefully we'll get through all of it. Let me ask, anybody knows what this is? I showed this last year. Who was in here? Anybody in here last year? Who, raise your hand. Who, anybody who remembers what this is? Remember what this was for. This is, it's cogs and wheels. It's a little, cute little toy. Um, what happens when I take this out, this piece out? What happens to my system? There's a disconnect, isn't there? There's a disconnect because a piece is missing, and it's not because it's bent, it's because there's a piece missing. So last year we went into some detail about this as far as how to get your the class ready for new material, but this concept of a missing piece and the system not working also applies to when we teach our Bible class lessons. I'm going to show you visual aids today how to teach a Bible lesson using visual aids. Now there are all kinds of different kinds of visual aids. We're going to look at the most basic, which is a flip chart, and there's many variations there. We can't possibly get through all of them. There are objects. Again, can't get possibly get through all of them. There's letters, there's numbers, um, and various other things. So I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as I can, and hopefully we can get through as much as I can. So why use visuals? Um, 
Laura, can you and Julie pass out the packet? I've got a, a, a few pages of uh, packet material that you guys can have. Uh, on the very front, there's a, a question that says, why use visual aids? And I'm not going to go into it because you can see it. On the second page, there are Bible class teacher resources. Most of them are done by members of the church. There is at least one that's denominational. Always do your due diligence. This came from a denominational website and I had to change something. So always be aware. But this is children. I don't know what to call it. I can't describe it. But what? But what? I know it when I see it. What do we say about a picture being worth? How many words? A thousand words. So that's what this all is all about. Now, a week ago Sunday, I taught a children's Bible class in Pakistan. I was here, and I taught it in Pakistan, and it was translated into Urdu, the language there. A um, whole bunch of kids maybe 20, 25 kids, I, I didn't count, ranging from 2 to look like 12, 13, maybe a 14-year-old boy was there. It was hard to know. Um, they don't live in Western culture. The area they live is not westernized at all. They don't have video games and TVs, and they're not bombarded with uh, media like our children are. They sat there on the mats, on the floor, barefooted. I spoke, the teacher translated, and every time she spoke, they would just look at it and listen. It's gone. Who are these children? <laughs> American children don't tend to be that way uh, as, a, as a rule and ask any school teacher and children have changed probably because of the bombardment of the media and their attention spans are so short because in the media things constantly change. If you ever watch a TV show, notice that most of them will change about every seven or eight seconds. They don't tend to show any one thing longer than about unless it's sports. Okay, We're not going there. But just general pay attention to that next time you watch a show um, when I first heard that I thought no way yeah way and now and now I can't unsee it I'm always saying why do they keep changing I wanted to go back to there but anyway but these children weren't that way but American children are bombarded by so much their brains are changing statistically their attention spans are shortening as are uh, adults so what can we do to enhance their attention now it's their responsibility to pay attention it's not my responsibility externally to force them to pay attention, but sometimes that can really help, can it? So we're focusing merely on one thing, and that's, and that's visual aids. So let's start with the flip chart. Everybody knows what a flip chart is. It's a, it's a, a piece of paper. You present a picture, you put it down, and so forth and so on. The most of the reason, most the reason why I have most of what I have today is because that's what we've been studying in our Bible class. I just raided my Bible class and brought it here. Um, but a flip chart. This is, this is when we went through the plagues. I teach upper elementary. You need to know your children. We were talking about gnats or lice, and people know about those little bugs that get in your eyes, the gnats. Um, but what is a gnat? I, sh I find pictures that show kids just exactly what is that so they can put that cog in their wheel. Um, notice 
this is pretty much script, not a lot of pictures. Here is a cow and flies and so forth, on and on and on. That's one way to do it. I can pass these around and you guys can look at these. Um, they're numbered because I know you can't see them, but it's just a basic flip chart. It can be, it can be anything. But those are cool. That's about planks three through nine. Is there anyone in here that is not familiar with freebibleimages.org? Anyone not familiar with freebibleimages.org? Okay, it's on your resource page. That is, it's Sweet Publishing. They have so many visual aids that you can make into a flip chart. You just print them out. You can download them into PowerPoint or, or a compatible version. They have, all, they have Apple and they have all kinds of different versions. You can put it on the wall in your classroom. I bring my, my computer a lot, my, my laptop, and I simply open it up. I, I have a 15-inch screen. I buy the bigger ones so that the kids can see, and I just show them there so you don't have to print out as much because that ink is expensive after a while, especially if you're going to do a whole page that's saturated. So you just you go through your, your flip chart. The, the images are wonderful. I like to add script on them, and this can be done in PowerPoint or whatever you're using. See it down here? You can just put the Bible verse there. You can put a, a, a condensed Bible verse. But every page has that. So the kids are going to be with you as you go through. So those are simple flip charts. Another fun way to do, um, I don't do this a lot for older kids, but if you're teaching the younger ones, find an image, an object in that particular lesson and make your flip chart in that, in that uh, shape. Anybody want to guess what this one's about? It's a picture. It's also a torch and a ram's horn. Gideon, yeah. And uh, again, I put script. Guess what's on the back? Yeah. Karen, can you turn on the fan, the room fan, please? Thank you. Something else you can do. These are variations of, of flip charts. Um, so you can just download the pictures only. You can use them in PowerPoint. You can bring a computer and put them in that. You can add script to your pages. Or you can just write out your own script if you have readers and read it and then show pictures. Another thing is find a phrase, that a repetitive phrase that keeps coming up as you're showing your flip chart. This is when the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and they just kept whining and complaining. We don't have any food. We don't have any food. We're gonna die. Huh? <laughs> no, they're dead. See, we're gonna die. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> we go along and they start complaining. You know, God takes care of it. We go along and they start complaining again. They come to Moses. We're gonna die. Why did you bring us out here to die? Um, so there's also when you're teaching the plagues. Um, but not in the land of Goshen. There were several of the plagues that didn't happen in the land of Goshen because God was making a distinction. Find a phrase that you can use. And I put cardboard on the back of this one because I knew I was going to be flapping it all around. Um, I'm a pretty dramatic 
person in a good way. I don't cause drama. <laughs> but um, I'm easily, very easily bored. Anybody else in here very easily bored? <laughs> yeah. Um, in Bible class growing up, by the time I graduated high school, I couldn't tell you the difference between Moses and Abraham. It was boring. Bible class shouldn't be boring, but all we ever did was just, you know, you read at home, you're supposed to read your four or five paragraphs, and then you answer the questions in that little bitty book that was about this big, and then you go and you discuss all of that in class. That just didn't work for my brain. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm easily bored. I was easily bored. Um, I need excitement. I need adventure, and that wasn't provided for me. So this is what that kind of a person ends up with. We tend to teach the way we like to learn, but that we can't stay there. We have to progress. I hate worksheets, but some kids love worksheets. So as much as I hate them, I have to do a worksheet every once in a while. So we all have to adjust to the different, different things that we need to do. Um, let's say you're going through one of these workshops, or, or one of these, um, uh, not worksheets, flip charts. I like to add images like the ten plagues that are going around that give them an idea of, of exactly what are, what are we talking about. For example, um, I don't know if you, I can pass this around. Here's a girl. She's leaning on a wall of water. Do you see that wall of water behind her? She's, how'd they do that? She's leaning up against it. Oh, well, maybe not. So, kids love this. They were like, oh, I showed this to them a few weeks ago. This, they were like, oh. And then I went, oh! <laughs> they hadn't figured it out, but they figured it out. So I love the kids to be wowed. And that, that can be overdone, of course. Um, but you're keeping their focus on you, and they're experiencing something. You're satisfying a curiosity in them. You're drawing in their little emotions, and it helps them retain things. Um, when we talk about flax on the roof with, this, with the story of Rahab, this is part of a flip chart. This is a part of a flip chart. Which of our kids in Denver, Colorado know what flax is? And why would it be on a roof? I got solar panels up there. Why would it be on my roof, right? So one day I just got curious and I thought, flax on a rooftop. I got flax on a rooftop. I can pass these pictures around. That's what flax looks like under a rooftop. So when the, the, the spies are hiding under that flax, we talk about think there were any mice in there? Was it itchy? Was it hot? You know, let them let them feel, let them experience what that might have been like. Why? Because I want them to remember this stuff. Early in the early years of my teaching, um, even after we moved here, I would work so hard, teach a Bible class, we'd come back the next week, and I would say, Okay, Karen, do you remember what we talked about last week? And I get this blank look. Karen and I used to teach together. <laughs> um, I just get this blank look. What happened? They, they don't remember. Is there anybody in here who has not experienced that? We've probably all been there. Well, that kept happening over the years, and it bothered me so badly that I'm wasting everybody's time that I had to do something about it. So that drove me farther into these things. What can I do to engage them? And how can they remember? 
Well, I'm filling in the pieces. I'm trying to fill in the pieces so their little brain mechanism will work. And these visual aids are a large part of that. All right, let's go into Abeka. How many are familiar with Abeka materials? It's a homeschooling material. They used to have these beautiful, large cardstock images. They're wonderful. This is Jonah. There he goes over in the water. Oops. What does it look like inside a whale? I showed this last year. Before I do this lesson, I like to show pictures of what's it like inside a whale. What do you think it's like? <laughs> Is it like a man sitting with a candle and sitting on his briefcase? No, it's gross. And so they do this beautiful, beautiful image of what it might have been like. Um, and then, of course, here he is um, vomited out. But these pictures are wonderful. The old ones are big. The new ones, I just ordered this last year, are like this, and they're smaller. They're the same pictures, but they're smaller, and that's because of price. You get this booklet that goes goes with it. This is done by a, a conservative Baptist group. There, there is the quote plan of salvation where you pray Jesus into your heart when you're five, that kind of that kind of thing. So um, if you're gonna leave these in your teacher workshop workroom, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep any of this material in the workroom because what if you have a new Christian? And they use this stuff. It's good to help. Okay, what is this picture about? What's happening in this picture? What's happening in that picture? You can um, just be aware of, of what's in there. Okay, so that is um, flip chart idea. Does anybody not have one of these booklets for the women's program that wants one? Carla said we have some extras. Who who is wanting one? Okay. Yeah, here I I got this one. Yeah, anybody else? All right. So that is those types of visual aids. Now let's move into objects. And again, we just taught most of this over here, Moses. Um, but let's get into Gideon. There's so much stuff that happens in Gideon, and so many objects that I couldn't imagine why children couldn't remember some of these some of these things. So somebody tell me what this is. Sarah. Sarah with wings. Yes. What is this? It's a Christmas tree topper. That's not an angel. Angels don't look like that, do they? They don't have blonde hair and wings. Angels don't even have wings. Did you realize that? Cherubim and seraphim, the other heavenly creatures do, but angels don't. All we know about angels, uh, at least as far as I can recall, is that when they came to earth, they, they looked like men. They looked like men. So an angel appears to him. And in, in the, especially if you have a seven or eight-year-old, this is what they're going to think of. So we need to educate them. Oh, no, an angel would have looked just like a man. All right, and then we have the story of the fleece. What is fleece? I asked my kids, what is fleece? They're thinking of that nice warm uh, hoodie that they have that's made out of fleece or maybe their bathrobe. Fleece, in their mind, is that modern stuff we have today. But fleece, I asked the question, what is fleece? What was it for? Uh, again, another flip chart. On the back of all of mine, 
I have a description of what I want to talk about. And they are numbered because what happens when you're hurrying from the car and inside. Yeah, that's happened more than once. Okay, what is fleece? Well, fleece comes from sheep. These are some sheep in Israel. I show them a few pictures of what they look like. Oh, here's some sheep that are in another country called Iceland. I just happen to have a fleece from the country of, of Iceland um, because it was the only thing I could buy. I couldn't find anything from sheep that looked like what they look like in Israel, so we went this route. I let them touch it and feel it so they know what fleece is. Here's a, a nice cleaned up modern one. These are real fleece. What are you going to do if you have a child who's allergic to animal fur? Ashlyn, when I first um, got this, had this in my Bible class, she sat right in the middle of it, my granddaughter, and was just feeling, and it just felt so good. She was going, oh, Grandma, this is so soft. And then it wasn't long before her eyes started swelling up, and her nose started running. I'm like, oh, no, that's right. You're allergic to cats. Of course you're allergic to fleece. Go find something. I got this for $5 at Goodwill. I don't know how many years ago. It's ancient. Uh, but it looks like fleece, right? So you can do that. Let experience, children experience what fleece is. But why would he have it laying around? Well, what would they do with fleece? Our modern kids don't know what they did with this. Show them some pictures. Show them some pictures. They could put it under the, under the saddle of a horse. They could lie on it in their bed. Here's a gal lying on fleece. It's so soft, it's comfortable. Um, they could line their shoes, they could line their clothing with it because it would have been very warm. Show them what you're talking about so they have, so you're putting that cog or that wheel in place so the mechanism works. And then when they come back in class next time, these things should still be all laying out. And it triggers, and we're starting to turn that little wheel and they remember. But what about the other objects in Gideon? What in what is a ram's horn? The kids love this. It really smells. Um, but it's really cool. It's an actual ram's horn. They would have it, I don't know which way, one here and then one here. They, they hollow them out and everything. Have you ever wondered what a ram's horn sounds like? You're about to have your wish granted. Hopefully. It's queuing up. Stand by. heard a ram's horn? If you're here at Bear Valley, you have. the ram's horn was used in a war setting. 
There were other times it was used, but it was used in a war setting. As we're, as we're talking about Gideon, and he has his 300 men. They surround the, the Midianites on the little hill around. Everybody has a clay pot. What's a clay pot? They may be talk, thinking about the, the thing outside that mom grows her tomato plants in or something. Um, bring a clay pot. Show them what a clay pot is. I mean, this is, this is not rocket science, but a ram's horn especially. This is good for Jericho. This is good for a lot of other stories. But bring items so that the children can relate to them and we can put that, that wheel in place. Um, I have so much of this stuff. It's... You, as you, as you, if you're younger and you're starting to collect things for your Bible class teaching, think about your storage. I've got a huge bonus room upstairs that's full of stuff, and I have another big closet downstairs that's, that's storage for this stuff. In about the last five, six years, as I'm making new things, I'm thinking about size because we have to think about size because where do you put a six-foot arc, right? I mean, where are you supposed to put it? All right. Um, I was in Walmart one day, and uh, this, this happens a lot. I'm walking by something, I see something on the shelf, and I do one of these. This, this was in the garden department. It was a pot. It looks like, kind of like a rock. Um, and um, it had a hole in the bottom. So I got this 4-H trophy of a cow, and it, it just screws in. Do you see the, the little screw? And it goes through the hole in there. Um, I just attached it, and the bottom was white, so I just got some rocks out of my yard and glued them on, and we have the golden calf. So the kids, even, even the older kids, really enjoy this. Um, this is just made out of resin. It's an actual calf. Uh, my granddaughter Ashlyn painted it gold for me. And the kids love this. Uh-oh, what's this? Huh? It's a ground-up calf. Yeah, I used to send, send um, everybody a little thing of glitter home with them. And for something else, I used to send, send them a little thing of sand home with them, and another thing I would send them half. You know, I was not really popular with the parents. <laughs> so they don't get glitter anymore. But, but do you see what we're filling in by having some of these objects? This I literally got last weekend. I'll pass this around. These are Aaron's breastplate and the stones that go on it. These are the actual stones. They're teensy, eensy, weensy, beensy. But I'll pass these all around. I just ask that you not, not touch, touch them. But these are the stones of his breastplate. And look over there at the priest over there. Um, he's got the stones on his breastplate. That's what those stones actually are. Alright, we've just been studying the tabernacle and we'll still be studying it for another couple of weeks. I have a model tabernacle. I know you can't see it from where you are. Feel free to come up here afterwards. It has the holy place and the most holy place and the furniture. I'm going to take the, this is the cherubim. I'm going to take this off so you can see what's inside the ark. It's hard to put it down in there. Anyway, all the pieces of furniture are there. The kids love it. It's got the cloth thing here. But what is a lampstand? This is Lumiere. Who knows who Lumiere is from, from Beauty and the Beast? When kids are thinking lampstand, this is what they're thinking, kind of a candelabra. And we call it, call it a lampstand. Some people call it a candlestick. So we bring this out and I say, what is it? And they go, Hanukkah. <laughs> they always say, Hanukkah, when I ask what it is. Ha it's Hanukkah. Well, it's, it's a, this is a candlestick. Um, how many candles does it have? 
This one has nine. This is what the, the Jews today use. Here's another one. This one got, I bought it with silver and I spray painted it gold, but it didn't, didn't last very well. Um, this one is actually gold. But I, and then I went to Israel. And then I went to Israel and I got something that looks like gold. It only has seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's what God told them to, to make. Seven lampstands. I mean, yeah. Well, what's a lamp? Well, they're thinking, let's go to the wall, flip a switch, we got our lamp. No, that's not a lamp. Originally, their lamps would have been just kind of a clay bowl with a little bit of a spout, and they would hang a wick over that. They would fill it with olive oil, and then the wick would soak it up, and they would, and they would burn. Modern kids don't have a clue what, what that's all about. We have electric lamps. Show them one. Yeah, I ordered these, and then when we went to Israel, every place we went, they gave us one. So now I've got I've got a bunch of these that I'm slowly giving away to others. But explain to them that this would sit on top of here, and you'd have one on each side. Of course, it was bigger. It was about 75 pounds of gold in the tabernacle. The candlestick was about 75 pounds of gold, which is about one talent, I believe. And it would have these. And Aaron's job was to, you know, make sure it, it kept going, the light kept going. So we need to make sure the children understand what we're talking about so they can remember it and they can remember it accurately. We don't want to teach a lie, intentionally or unintentionally. Um, what we're currently doing, we're in the process of making a model of a tabernacle. These are just boxes I order and then the kids make their own curtains and then we have the different pieces of furniture. This furniture patterns, all of this is available online at one of those websites I gave you. I think Debbie Jackson, uh, Bible Fund for Kids, I think she has these tabernacle uh, furniture pieces. They're wonderful. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. Okay, so we've done flip charts, we've done objects, other visual aids will be uh, oversized visual aids. This is so cool. I actually meant to run it to the cradle roll and get, they've, got, they've got dinosaurs, toys that are as tall as this roof. When I first brought, bring this into the class with the kids, I had those big dinosaurs right here and then I have all the other animals um, and then we start talking about or, or I let them discover that okay it's you know time to go into the ark and the kids say well they won't fit huh what are we going to do about that and some say well, we can make a door bigger can we take off the roof not an option <laughs> take off the roof um, so eventually somebody figures out oh we can take smaller ones bingo Immediately, they figured out one of a very, very simple answer to people who say the ark wasn't possible. And that's only one of, of many things. But they figured it out themselves. Which is more impressive to a child? This, these are adorable. These are the cutest little animals. You should come up and look at them. They're just, just adorable. But if I use this, now we use things like this for our babies. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but by the time you're getting into elementary, upper elementary, you know, let's try, let's let's not present this as the ark. If this is all you have and you're teaching children who are old enough to comprehend 
what the art could be, don't use this. You're better off using nothing or use a picture or something. Better yet, everybody's got boxes like this, right? This is one of those things you get with your electronics. Oh look, it has a door. <laughs> Already it. You can let the children draw their own. They will learn more by making their own art if this is all you have than they will by you showing them this and saying, yeah, but it really wasn't that way. You know, it was long. Here's a picture. It was it was really like this. Um, I mean, that's if that's the best you can do, that's that's good as long as they don't understand that this is the arc so that they grow up to think, yeah, that arc thing, that was just a piece of fiction. That's myth. Didn't really happen. Um, the same place I ordered this from, they have this size, and they have one that's a, a little smaller, and it's like a dollar, at least last time I ordered it, about that big. I gave it to my other daughter-in-law, about that big. But if you see on here, I'll pass this around, you can see the animals and the size. This guy doesn't have an art door because it fell off somewhere between here and the house. But this shows the the perspective of the door here. Alright? And on the back, let me see. Yeah, uh, you can order it from noahsark.net or whatever that says. You can look on the back if you're interested. But this is what this one comes in. You have to put it together yourself. Um, but notice what I put underneath it. This is just a, this is just fabric felt super cheap. It'll last, once you get it, it'll last forever. Now, this was a Christmas present. I know some of you are thinking, I don't have the money to spend all for all of that, but guess what? You get Christmas presents, right? Tell somebody, I want that for Christmas. Then he gave this to me for Christmas one year, and I think I got this tabernacle for Christmas one year. I've gotten a lot of things for Christmas, some of the more expensive stuff, but once you have it, you have it, and you're not going to have to buy it again. So this oversized arc is very, very impressive. This is what we did last summer. We did um, Ezra and Nehemiah last summer, so it's just a bigger version of the temple. Brett and Julie had just moved into their new house, and I was going out their garage door, and I saw a pile of styrofoam, and I did another one of these things like that. And I thought, man, that's, that's good building material. <laughs> so I went back in, and I said, can I have some of your styrofoam? And Brett said, yes, you can have it. So I... Yeah, made this. This is boxes, tape, hot glue, but it's a temple. It's not rocket science to make some of this stuff. Um, I do not store this at home because it's way too big. I didn't think it was going to be that big, but with a little imagination, some glue, and trash, there's no telling what you can make sometime. Who, yeah, who knows what these are? Paper towel holders, right? Yeah. There are a couple of books here. In the back of this book is a model. You can make your own temple. They punch out. They're just peaches. You punch out. You put together, kind of like paper dolls. Um, excellent book, but it also has excellent, excellent pictures and facts about the temple. Um, there's a tabernacle book too. It also has in the back, it has a model you can make. Rose Publishing. Rose Publishing has these excellent, excellent visuals. 
There's the tabernacle with the coverings on it. And here it is. There's a cutout, Rose Publishing. All right, the last section we're going to... Well, this was when I did... This was when I was in my larger life-size life size, uh, period. You know, some artists have their blue period. Well, I have my life-size period. And I've got a lot of large visual aids. Um, does anybody not know how to enlarge a little picture? Anybody not know how to enlarge a little picture? Okay, everybody knows how to do that, good. All right, the last thing we're gonna cover is numbers and letters. This is from a denominational website. What are, what are these up here? What? They're numbers, what? What do the numbers represent? Huh? Not the plagues, that's plagues over there. Y'all can't see these. These are the Ten Commandments. You shall have no gods before me. Don't make any graven images. You see the number two? Number three? Do you see the mouth? Number four? She has this. She, she sort of Christianized keep the Sabbath day. No. We don't keep the Sabbath day. We, we meet on the Lord's day. So I had to change her visual aid with the four and the cross, which has nothing to do with the Sabbath day. And I just put a little calendar with Saturday checked off. Um, honor your father. Wait, the father and mother. Number six, do not kill. Number seven, do not commit adultery. Number eight, don't steal. Number nine, this is tricky, don't bear false witness. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, what does it mean? Well, now they are the kids in my class, they know what it means to bear false witness. And then we have covet. I know you guys can't see this. It's a, it's a 10 and covet. Once again, that's one of those concepts. You know, this little guy has a yummy, yummy popsicle, but is that good enough for him? Oh no, he's coveting what she has when he it's not his to have, so that's coveting. Show a picture along with this. All right, numbers, Ten Commandments over here. Someone uh, digitized these for me because each one of these is a poster size. And again, this was in my life-size uh, period where I was making big things. But you may not want to do that. These are on my website, which is on. And let me tell you, it's kid. It's on your resource page, kids Bible class idea. You can print them out this size, or you can print them out this size or smaller. If you don't want large things, just print them out smaller. Above each of these, and I know you can't see this. Y'all feel free to come up closer afterwards. These are some of the gods of Egypt. Um, this is Osiris. She was the guardian of the Nile, and the Nile was her bloodstream. Hmm, interesting. And this guy is Hecht. He was the god of resurrection in the form of a frog. Karen, I sure need an artist to make my two a little more like a two. The kids never know that that's a two. <laughs> I have to say, by the way, this is a two. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. 
three lice. Did you know that the Egyptians were terrified of lice? Because there was a lot of head and body lice over there, so they would shave their bodies. The upper class, mostly. And that's why they wore so many wigs. So when we think this was lice or... Um, um, gnats. I tend to think it was lice. I don't think it matters. But anyway, put the God, we start with the gods of Egypt way back when we start studying Joseph in Egypt. And each week I introduce a, oh, here was another god they have. I show about their wigs and how they hated lice and blah, blah, blah. So by the time we get here, they're familiar with some very basic things about um, uh, Egyptian culture. We're not here to learn. We don't come to Bible class to learn about Egypt and its culture, but it can help us get a setting for what Moses grew up into and what he went back to. Um, here um, they are. If you haven't made a set of these, um, you can print them out from our website. Better yet, make your own because you'll learn so much from it. Underneath, uh, in your in your packet, open your packet. There's a song, um, Debbie Jackson, Bible Fun for Kids. Um, it's the let's let's sing the song. Um, we'll just do a couple of verses. First came the blood in the Nile. Second came frogs by a mile. Third came lice for a while. These were the plagues on the land. Anyway, that's the tune. You guys get the tune? That's it. Okay. A um, couple more things. Uh, if you have to leave, um, go ahead. I guess we've got a few more minutes, though, don't we? Okay. When I came up with, I went into Dollar Tree one time. Walking along, I see grapes, and I did another one of those. I, I know God's leading me by the hand and going, no, come back, come back. A dollar each, and I got 27 of them. Um, Cheryl uh, Turner put this together for me, and I had this stick. The first time I did this, I was going to let the kids, you know, upper elementary, carry it around on their shoulders. And I thought, oh, they're going to think this is so babyish. I couldn't have been more wrong. They, one on each end, they carried it around the room, all the way around the room. Every single child in that classroom wanted to do this. And the next class period, and the next class period, and the next class period, upper elementary kids, they wanted to carry this. So... Um, don't be afraid to branch out and do and do things because you never know how, what the kids are, how the kids are going to react. Um, sure, we all have flops. All right, number our letters, real quick. This is in your packet. It's exactly the book is no longer in print. So I printed this off and gave you. This is Wheel of Fortune. Uh, this is the God telling Noah exactly how to build the ark. So you just put information on each letter, and you put one letter up at a time as you're talking about this. So exact. So you can't say that word. You can't say that word. How did God want Noah to make the ark? And we're putting these up. Keep asking. How did God want Noah to build the ark? Because that's our word. And they, boy, you talk about focus and attention. You will keep their attention because they're trying to figure out what word this is. Um, and then here's, here's another one. It actually is Prophet Elijah, but I just put Visa Elijah. It's, again, it's Wheel of Fortune. Um, on the back, I have my script because this is how I do it. And then I put it up on the wall in random order and see if they can guess 
who, who it is. Another way you can do this, this was for Abimelech. Well, they never got the name Abimelech. <laughs> um, just put, put the letters up in the, up in the corner. Put some pictures. This, describe what you're doing again on the back. You've got this. So it's a flip chart variation. All right, is, is what that is. Okay, did we get to everything? I, I think we did. Um, any questions, comments from anybody? Okay, we'll see me afterwards if you do. Uh, if you want to come look at the treasure up here, you can come look at that. Um, I have become that person that says to another Bible class teacher, what do you mean you don't have days of creation numbers? That's who I have become. That's all. Thank you. <laughs>